0: Lady, I staked out the corners of my claim almost two weeks ago. He swept a hand toward a corner post stake he had driven just visible through the trees. Beneath it he had buried a common plastic pill bottle holding the necessary plat and papers recording the mine's name, Landlubber, the date and location of the claim, along with his own name as locator. Until the BLM can rule on this, he growled, you're nothing but a claim jumper as far as I'm concerned. You've got sixty seconds to clear out of. A- it's you. What? Her wide-eyed gaze dropped to his long, narrow feet, slid up his skin-tight black wetsuit, paused at the knife strapped to his thigh, scooted on past his one-hundred-pound leaded weight belt and settled on his face, framed by the close-fitting black hood. I don't believe it. Jonah Jones. He blinked the water from his lashes and stared hard at her. With her hair plastered to her head and streaming down her shoulders like sargasso seaweed, she didn't look particularly familiar. Yet the way she said his name told him who she was. Dismayed, they stared at one another, regarding each other across a distance of twenty years. Pain that had long been dormant flickered in the eyes of one, twinges of uncomfortable guilt in the others. Ritz, he drawled finally. Her mouth tightened. Rita Lou. He ignored her. His cynical green gaze took in the strong, wide mouth, the dark slashes of her brows and the deep pools of her eyes contrasting startlingly with her pale hair. The last time we talked... You had dropped out of Western High and gotten pregnant and left town. Had gone to work for the Kingsleys, he finished firmly. He didn't bother to keep the contempt from his voice. I was lumberjacking for their lumber mill that summer, Ritz. If you remember... He remembered all too well. She'd been standing in the doorway to the Kingsley carriage house, which had been converted to living quarters for the help. She hadn't changed out of her black uniform with the white cuffs and collar. She had always looked remote, untouchable. But she had never looked so remote as she had that evening, when she had told him it was over between them. He remembered feeling awkward, feeling like digging his boot toe in the lush green grass, running his finger inside his suddenly tight collar and begging. But he hadn't. And he wouldn't now. It had simply been a schoolboy crush, and he was long over her. She cocked her head and studied him. So where'd you go after you left Silver City? His smile was chilling. I joined the Navy and saw the world. And you? She didn't even bother to smile. Nor did she answer. She wrapped her arms around herself. "'You're shivering like an eskimo. Let's get you out of those clothes.' "'Thank you, but I've been dressing and undressing myself for a good thirty years or more.' She stomped out of the creek, water sloshing in her tennis shoes. He watched her sun-brown legs and the enticing sway of her derriere, hugged by the wet shorts. She was even prettier than she had been in school, and he'd thought then that he'd never seen anything prettier.' But that girl couldn't begin to compare with the woman walking away from him. Purely a sexual attraction, he told himself, following her onto the bank and through the dense growth of trees. But that attraction had been done with twenty years ago. In grade school, he remembered, she had been a real scrapper, always with a smudge of dirt somewhere on her face. Then in junior high, he had noticed how she had suddenly grown breasts, and grown even more standoffish. Now, as a mature woman, her hips had widened in delicious proportion to those breasts. Dangerous thoughts, since he certainly didn't need a busybody in his vicinity. Best to let this encounter end as it had begun, explosively. He knew better than to let himself become distracted by a woman. Men had gotten killed over women. Samson had gotten blinded over Delilah. Delilah. John the Baptist had lost his head over Salome, and... And damn, now he had real trouble to deal with. Two rifles trained on him and Ritz...